Kaylee, I have been uh, watching Good Mythical Morning. Not a sponsor, but it's a like YouTube show that I watch on a regular basis. And our Juliet actually is the one who introduced it to me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Amanda loves them. Yeah. So I've been re-watching, or I've been watching the, like, like the original GMM episodes, and I'm currently watching them from season one, which was 11 years ago. (laughs) So I'm on episode like 91 or something, and they're like, oh, let's talk about the best theme songs of all times. And so the Mythical Beasts, which is what they call their listeners, um, like wrote in and commented and said, this is my best, this is the best theme song of all time, and this is why. And Psych came up, obviously. Obviously. Like, it, how could it not? <laughs> it's just, like, such a great theme song. Everything about it is so fantastic. And the guys, the guys, um, Rhett and Link, were like, you know, I hear it. Like, their theme song is so awesome that it actually got remade over and over again for different themed episodes. And yes. so... They started talking about, like, the Bollywood episode, and then they were playing the regular one in the background, and they just cut it, and they said, and one time, freaking Boys to Men covered it. Yeah, And then they turned that one on. (laughs) My heart. I love that song so much. I mean... The, uh, like, I understand why it didn't win, but I don't understand why the winner won. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so in in Sykes' defense, um, what Link finally said was, I think we can all agree that the Psych theme song is one of the best modern day theme songs, if not the best modern day theme song, because like theme songs just aren't really a thing anymore. But, True. you know, they were they were talking about Cheers and Growing Pains and Full House, like those classic sitcoms that had very, like, sing-alongable theme songs. Okay, when you, when we, my brain goes to a completely other place when I think, like, identifiable, um, like, original theme songs. And it, it's not at all those. Like really? as, as much as a '90s sitcom kid as I was, I go Hawaii Five-O, The Munsters. Like, those were both on the list. Yeah, like classic, classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are exactly those were the other things on the list. But the one that ultimately won was the original Pokemon theme song, and I have to agree with that. I, as a grown A adult, still sing that song. Like when they were playing it in the background, I was singing along. Um. It's a clever song. It's a hyped up song. Like it's a get pumped song. I love the psych theme song, but I I understand why Pokemon won overall. I guess it has a more epic nature to it. It's very like Jock Jam's ballad, if you yes. will. Okay, okay, I guess. But it wasn't <laughs> like written. And played by the creator of the show's band, like, uh, like, like the psych theme song is. Like Steve Franks just killed it with that theme song, and then over and over and over again, it was like amazing, amazing, amazing. So I get it, but it was just really cool that that was like just a random episode that popped up today, and I was like, oh, that's I fun. have I have a very quick aside. Do you you know last season's um little opening flashback 
uh, to the finale where baby Sean is trying to sneak off to see Psycho, but he's saying it's the Little Mermaid, but Gus isn't coming because he has a Rene Auberginois uh, fear. <laughs> I've been rewatching one of my comfort shows. <laughs> this is, it's probably really nerdy to admit this, but Madam Secretary on Netflix. It's very political, but it's political in a way that the West Wing kind of was, where mm. they're always like, the party, the party, but they don't say what party. And also, right. it's comforting to me because there is somebody uh, competent and, and very empathetic and who super duper cares in charge and like trying to fix things. That to me is very comforting and very uh, unrealistic. So <laughs> um, that's where I like to like live sometimes, especially in the dark months. But Rene Aubergenois is a recurring character. Oh, okay. And he just keeps showing up. And I'm just like, we just talked about you. And I hadn't thought about you in literal years. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Uh, so funny. I love that. Well, uh, now that we've successfully talked for five minutes about uh, really nothing. Shall we talk about the episode? It's showtime. This is... To, to the, the Blueberry! I am Alexis, and I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. Together, we make a real-life best friend all-American duo who <laughs> decided to create a psych podcast uh, because we needed a sweet reason to talk to one another every day. Sweet, and it might as well reasons. be <laughs> it might as well be about our favorite show, Psych. Uh, what season are we on? What episode is this? Season five, episode two. Feet don't kill me now. I love that episode title. I know. Every, I love so much about this episode. I know you do. It's a big one for you. Yeah, it really, really is. This was for for more reasons than maybe you even know. So I'm excited to talk about them. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah. We start off as we so often do in 1990 with a flashback. And Sean walks into a back garden where baby Gus is in his socks standing on a piece of plywood. <laughs> They, uh, when a little baby Sean asks what he's doing, he says, I'm just playing board grass. <laughs> Sean psychs out on um, marks on the plywood and a couple of other things. And he's like, show me what's behind your back. He has tap shoes. Tap shoes? Are you for real? Gus is, at, at that point, he's done and he's like, listen, I am good at tap dancing and I like tap dancing and I cannot wait to get to school and show the other kids who's bad. Yeah, when he said, <laughs> who's bad, <laughs> I was like, yes, I love that little baby Sean and little baby Gus are like this comfortable with each other. Like, mm -hmm. that's a rough age to, like, really own what you're into when it's not cool to other people. And I just love yeah. that for Gus. Sean ends the scene with, um, Gus, all your permanent teeth are in. You're playing for keeps now. Gus tells him, try it. It's cool. And, like, Sean just leaves. And he pieces out hard. And then uh, little baby Gus taps out of the scene. <laughs> to our present day, we are pulling an entire sedan out of a body of water which is not a california beach 
Was it supposed to be a beach at all? It looked like a reservoir or something. It did not look like California. I'm just saying. Okay, there's a lot about that in this episode, so we'll get there. I Okay, good, because I, I was, wanted to bring that up as well. Uh, Juliet comes in, and there is our very own Buzz McNabb. And she's like, hey, what's going on? He says, uh, it's a female victim. It appears she, you know, drove into the body of water and drowned because she couldn't get out. It's really sad. Here comes Lassiter, and he is is pretty much like, Juliet, I think you need to take a back seat here. You need to get your sea legs back uh, before you dive into these cases. So I wrote, before he even says it, I wrote, Lassie's up here trying to pull rank, blah, blah, blah. And literally, he like tells her to go get his coffee order and he'll buy, she bypasses the bill and like walks away. And he he literally says at some point like that, you know what, I'm pulling rank and I'm, I'm benching you on this. And I was like, I know him too well. <laughs> Sean and Gus arrive and Lassiter tells Buzz that he cannot deal with them. He is way too overwhelmed by all of the cases that he had to deal with while Juliet was, quote, on vacation. Buzz corrects him and says that it was stress leave. Good for you, Buzz. Yeah. Good for you standing up to the man. But Lassie tells him that he's going to need some extra hands, so pad up. Sean literally uh, comes in. I just wrote fancy hands. He's just like <laughs> flailing with fingers and jazz hands. Lassiter tells Sean that he needs to uh, just stay in line for Lassiter to figure this out and shut your pie hole. <laughs> Sean says to Gus when Lassiter walks away, um, I need to get close enough to get a reading off of her. And then Gus, like, offers that maybe he try reading other things around here, like this rock or that pier or this or that. He's like, uh, can't you just point from here? Maybe touch the car? Go read that bird over there. <laughs> they get to the car and uh, little, our, our, our sweet our sweet baby angel Buzz is taking notes. And uh, Lassiter does not like when he says copy. So then he says Roger. And he doesn't like that either. But we do get an ID. The, um... Victim in the car's name is Desiree Black. Blake. Blake. And the car matches a missing persons report. So Sean psychs out. He he hits the rearview mirror and there's this weird mark on her ankle. And he's like, dude, dude, she was not alone in that car. And then he yells, matter! <laughs> he doesn't really yell at this episode, but that's that's the vibe. Yeah, Sean thought there was someone else in the car, and so he tells Lassiter just that. And Lassiter's like, dude, go talk to Henry. I'm not, I'm not bringing you in on this case. Also, Lassiter says, you are so predictable. And Sean says, as predictable as your next date, ending with, I hope this never happens to anyone else. Sean does not like, as they walk away, Sean tells Gus that he does not like going to his dad for permission to, to be on cases. And he doesn't know if he's, um, or, or maybe he said, I'd be lying if I said I like going to my dad for permission for these cases. I'd also be lying if I said Val Kilmer still looks like Val Kilmer. Gus says... Um, so that's a low blow, Sean, I just want to say. I, it, totally. He, he went through quite a rough patch. Um, but Gus says, <laughs> I still have hope. And I honestly didn't know what he was referring to. <laughs> <laughs> um... Me too. I wrote stripes and checks because the boys are in their signature patterns, except 
switched. So Sean is wearing a stripy shirt under his hoodie jacket thingy, and Gus is in a checkity shirt. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Uh, they would rather convince Lassiter than go to Henry. So Gus is like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. I don't have the time. I have a tap class to go to. Dude, you weren't kidding? That wasn't just a bit? Dude, I'm doing something for myself. Getting back to things I love. I had a brief period in 93 where I was known as DJ Coldcuts. You don't see me going down to like rip the vinyl. Like, What What was the club he, he said? Curved? I, I think it was Curves, yeah. And then there's a line like, Curves hasn't been there for so many years. He's like, oh, that's why they're not returning my calls. <laughs> so I would like to add um, DJ Cold Cuts to the Sean and Gus, the Younger Year series. Yes, because it's only three years after our flashback earlier in the episode. So he was like, right. he was like full pubescence when he decided to meet <laughs> like DJ Cold Cuts. 14, 15. Yeah, I, that's, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Um, Lassie stops Gus on his way out and he says, Guster, did I hear that you are taking tap? Uh, yeah, I'm taking a tap class. You're a full grown man. Is it court ordered? No. Does it make you faster? No. Are you trying to take down a dancing drug ring? No. Then why in the heck would a grown man be taking a tap class? Then, well, then why on earth would a grown man do such a thing? Do such a thing. That's what. <laughs> uh, Gus doesn't care. He just doesn't get it. Dude, peace out, Lassie. I'm out of here. Lassie does have, like, a quizzical look on his face, I will say. Yeah. We head to the tap class, and the very first thing we see is Jason Samuel Smith, who is the tap teacher in the class. But he is also a Broadway uh, a Broadway person who is very well acquainted with Dulé Hill because they were both in Bring Into Noise, Bring Into Funk together. Yeah, and Smith actually choreographed all the dance sequences that we will see in this episode. Like, he was the guy. Um, let's see. Also, Gus is a good tap dancer. Um, I, like, I, I literally have no words about it. Like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't when I'm watching it. I'm just like, no thoughts. <laughs> My brain yeah. is blank. Yeah. The end of the episode, um, I have, I have like no notes. Because all I was doing was staring. Okay. We should say there's an epic sequence at the end. And when it concerns Gus, I... I can't even describe it to you. Like, I can describe to you when it starts to happen, and then my brain just short circuits <laughs> for yeah. a solid two minutes. <laughs> At least until that's my partner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we actually cut to Gus's tap class, and um, a lady from the front desk actually interrupts the class, which Gus is killing at, and he even gets, like, a compliment from the teacher. Um... And, and she said, there's a co-worker waiting in the hall for you. This is telling, okay? This already, we should be able to know who this is. <laughs> um, uh, la 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 la, Gass Cassie. <laughs> Lassie's there, and he's like, Guster, this might be weird. Um, I, I also can't believe it. But my therapist- Gassy and Juliet might have to be the episode name. What is it? Gassy? Gassy and Juliet. <laughs> Okay, so, Lassie says, Guster, I know this is weird. I also can't believe that I am here. 
But my therapist has recommended that I do more things outside of my comfort zone. And since I don't like books that aren't about military strategy, and I don't enjoy the platonic company of women, I thought maybe you could get me into your tap class. Gus is like, um, this isn't, like, simple. But Lassiter said, you know, if you can do it, then I'm sure I can do it. <laughs> and then very much talks down about Gus's, like, g- general skills. So Gus is like, cool, come to the class. Except he also says, you're both insulting me and asking me for a favor right now. Do you realize? <laughs> um, um, In the class, more dancing. Lassiter cannot keep up. All I wrote was Lassie being terrible at tap. And then when the teacher lets out the tap class, Gus kind of keeps Lassie back and like teaches him some basic stuff. It's really cute. I, Gus really wants him to learn, especially because I believe that people who carry guns should do what their therapists say. <laughs> um, instantly, Lassiter's feeling less stress. He's getting really into it. And Gus is being such a good friend here. He's like, what are you actually stressed out about as they continue to tap? And uh, Lassie admits that it's work stress. Also, his neighbor is suing him for killing his squirrels. and But it's mostly work. Okay. Let's pause. This never gets answered uh, or talked about further, but it does get referenced more times. So it gets referenced more times. However, the USA Network uh, back in the day had a whole bunch of like online games you could play based on their shows. And one of them was literally shooting squirrels. I don't remember that at all. It was 100% like a little shooting game and the squirrels were running around and you had to try to shoot the squirrels. And I played that game all the time. Oh my gosh. That's such a cool tie-in. Yeah, yeah. That was like, they were so clever about their like marketing for these shows back in the day. And maybe they still are and I just don't watch cable, cable networks anymore, but like you could go on the USA Network where you could stream the episodes or you could play... Like shoot the shoot the squirrel, or you could um, play like get the blueberry out of the maze car game. Like it was, it was really really cool. I I was it it was perfect for the time for sure. Yeah, okay. for sure. So that's reason number two why this episode means so much to me. Um. So tap dancing. So then after they've been tapping and Lassie's mind gets all clear, he goes, "Ah, oh, crap." I was wasting all this time with you, and I, I still need to call the lab for the, the results that I've been waiting on. And um, I guess they found some pills, some unmarked pills um, in, like, a baggie in the dead woman's possession. Um, I, I'll call her Desiree, in Desiree's um, possession. And Gus sees the, the bag that Lassie's holding. I guess they didn't keep the rest of the pills that they were going to be running tests on for forensics yeah i was confused by that too anyway he's got an evidence baggie of pills gus sees them and he's like well those aren't just any pills those are lab trial samples gus says that he pretty is pretty sure that he can find out figure out what lab the pills were um made in and lassiter said guster are you busy right now well he doesn't even remember that gus's day job is pharmaceuticals <laughs> but so we get like a a great moment of Gus having to remind him. <laughs> Sean is outside of the dance class and he's like, dude, 
KFC is giving away double downs. They're just giving them away. Lassiter would like uh, to have Guster on the case because he has a need for Guster's pharmaceutical experience, but he does not want Sean. Just Gus. Um, Sean says they are a package deal, and he's like, this is offensive to Gus. Gus, calm down. Don't blow steam from your sweet, sweet nostrils. Back off, Lassie. Just back off. You don't get Jake the Snake Roberts Roberts without Damien the Python. <laughs> that was a WWF. I believe it was WWF at the time reference. Oh, I believe Not, so. Like old school, yeah. Um Gus and Sean have a fight here. Gus is out to prove that Sean can't do this without Gus, but that he can do this without Sean. And then he's like, if we've learned anything over the years, it's it's that. And Sean says, first of all, I, we haven't learned anything over the years. Second of all, I'm the one who does this with the hand to head. Yeah. So that's where you do. <laughs> and he said, all you have is the gag reflex. And he's just like <laughs> imitating Gus. It's so mean, but accurate. <laughs> Gus gets like pretty upset. And he's like, you know what? Fine. And he gets in the car with Lassiter. And uh, first he. You missed or, or first, so many times. He's <laughs> First he said, you know what? It's on. Like mascara on Prince. It's on. It is not on. Not on. <laughs> and then he says, it's off. And then he gets in the car and starts fighting with the seatbelt. And when it's finally plugged in, he said, now it's on. Yeah, because he's the one who gets to decide when it's on. Sean, actually. Um, then we get our credits. I, again, I love our full credits this season. There are so many good clips in these credits. It's perfect. Girl, we're going to have to pick up the pace. We have not gotten past the credits. In our defense, the credits come pretty late in this episode. That's true. <laughs> they head to the lab and um, Lassiter introduces Gus as Burton Guster. It really throws Gus because he is not used to being introduced, in, <laughs> introduced as himself. We get the, a, a few details about the pills. They are trial pills from an HCG hormone experiment, which Gus knows means that it's a fertility drug. The lab tech confirms that it is in its third phase of the trial. Um, Gus is impressive to everyone in this scene, and we don't get the doctor's name in this scene to my knowledge, but we're going to start calling her Lillian right now so that we know her name. Um... Let's see. Oh, yeah. So they're still experimental. They're in phase three of trials. They're not for public use or um, access. So she has no idea how someone would have these unless they were a test subject. But she has all the logs because she administered all the pills. Yes. Yeah. She. Lassiter drops that a woman is dead and the scientist starts to freak out. And they're going to need those logs. And so she runs off to get them. And Gus is like, dude, you are so scary. To you scared the crap out of her. And Lassie's like, <laughs> yeah. But Gus is like, wait a second. Phase three implies that this is a double blind study. They need two different administrators. One to administer the test subjects their pills. And a different one to administer the placebo patients their pills. Lassiter is like, oh, so she lied? Why didn't you say something when she was still here? Yeah, he even says good insight. And Gus is like, what? I love this because Gus is sort of being unfair to Sean, but covering up that Sean's a big, big fake. But quote, yep. air quotes, big, big fake. Because um, <laughs> I think he's psychic. Um, he says, well, you know, Sean, I usually can't get a word in edgewise, which they both talk all the time, constantly to each other. So 
yeah. Lassiter says some very mean things about Juliet and women in general that I'm going to bypass, but he feels like he has the opposite issue. And uh, after a lot of anger, Gus says, maybe now is a good time to call your therapist. Yeah, because Lassie's little rant says women, women ruin everything. And I was like, um, I thought you were over your breakup. Maybe you're just like mad that you can't keep a date at this point. As Lassiter walks away to get the logs, we hear Sean say, look, I'm getting handsy. Sean's been here most of the time in a lab coat, just messing around with stuff in the office. Like, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. And then he says, hey, you know, if you're missing a murder weapon, you could take the knife out of my back. Sean is there because he tracks Gus via the GPS on his phone. Yeah, he set up GPS parental controls on his phone. He also knows when he searches or purchases certain things with his credit card. I don't need to repeat the list. It's invasive. But Gus says he's a player. (laughs) (laughs) Lassiter comes back and asks Sean why he's there. And Sean said that he needs to show off his skills. (laughs) Yeah, if Gus gets to show off, then I'm allowed to show off. Um, Spencer, we don't have time to watch you make a snowman out of mashed potatoes. It took me a minute to understand that, but that was Lassiter saying that that's Spencer's only skill. Yes. <laughs> yep. And it's a very infantile skill. Gus says it's a good one, and then Sean psychs out on the list, and uh, it's handwritten, the log that Lassie is holding. The coffee cup, the keyboard, and the mouse are on the left side of this woman's desk, implying that she is a left-handed dominant person. But the logs would indicate that a right-handed person wrote them. So he's like, there's someone else, someone right-handed, doing a full psych out. And Gus is like, dude, we already know there was another person. Gus and Lassiter leave, and Gus said, good luck getting hired on a case I'm already on. Yeah, Lassiter's like, boy, bye. So we cut to the SBPD, and it's a walk and talk with Sean and Henry. And Sean is like, I know what you're going to say. But on the back end, Henry is okay with them, with Sean joining the case. Since Gus is on the case, they have to pay the full rate. And Henry does not like the idea of him collecting a check for doing nothing. So even when you do something I want, it's still some form of a punishment? Henry's in, but he needs to find her a partner. And then Juliet volunteers. <laughs> Fully. I, even if it means tribute. babysitting Sean. <laughs> Um, let's see. Henry's like, cool, your partner's now. And Sean is like, excuse you, babysit? Juliet says, what'd you do today, Sean? <laughs> do the list. <laughs> uh, he's very insulted, but he answers her question by saying, watch some Phineas and Ferb, took a nap, had a snack. I'm a little tired. Exactly. <laughs> also, Sean, Sean tells- really wants to be lassie and gus and juliet's like you mean you want to catch a killer sean's line is if that's what it takes (laughs) sean tells juliet about the lab tech lying about lillian lying and um lying about not having a partner they try to fist bump while sean tries to fist bump juliet tries to give him a high five vice versa it gets weird it's yeah it's a mess um which I don't understand because they've fist bumped before many times. Usually someone like t- 
telegraphs that's what's happening and when they both tried to do it at the same time and they had different innate ideas about what was going to happen but i think i think a lot of what we're going to be seeing happening with these new team ups is an inherent disconnect about the way they operate which it's just so perfect and that's a very classic example we head to interrogation and uh lillian is there in fact they're all there she got two calls asking her to come to the to the uh, Santa Barbara Police Department. So we've got Sean and Juliet and Lus. Lus. We could use Lus instead of Gassy if you'd rather. <laughs> I can't. I think I prefer Gassy. Okay. Um, she admitted to lying because she was trying to protect her partner, Ben. Yeah. Ben was actually Desiree's boyfriend, and he had been giving those pills to Desiree um, because they were... I guess, trying for a child and insurance in America is trash and she couldn't get fertility treatment uh, otherwise. Or Gus said, but they're not even married. So I was like, dude, get with the times. It is 2008. It's 2010. Whoa. (laughs) I forget what he said right here. Nice try. That would mean that we were, or nice try. That would mean that we were at war with the machines. And that's a Terminator reference. Um, so the other tech's full name is Ben Stevens. Lillian says he's a really decent guy. He, I I just lied to keep him in trouble. I don't think he could ever be capable of doing something like this. Lassiter and Gus are like, oh, um, we need to go get some coffee. Gus says, yeah, Juliet, how about we go do some heavy petting? You know, just some over the clothes third base section. And she says, Ew. Ew. He goes, or, or, you know, coffee. So then all four of them try to rush out the door at the same time. They both, uh, both cars pull up to this house at the same time. Lassiter has pinned Juliet in. And there is a uh, Lassiter-Juliet back and forth about that one of them needs to move. And ultimately, Sean, Sean has stolen Lassiter's keys. <laughs> yeah, they're all outside of the cars fighting, not going to this person's house. And then... um. At one point... We do get a quick uh, shout-out to shut it again. Yeah, at, Lassie says shut it. Sean goes, ooh. And then someone crashes an SUV out of a garage and drives off. Gus says, you guys are letting your lead get away. And Sean says, your lead just slipped right through your fingers. And then everybody runs, and everybody's driving badly, and then it cuts to, like, a commercial. When we open back up at the Santa Barbara Police Department, Henry wants to know how all four of them let this guy get away. Sean opens his mouth and Henry says, someone else talk. I want the four of you to get your acts together and find him. Yeah, apparently there's a statewide manhunt on and uh, this reflects poorly on everybody. And Lassie says, you can't yell at me, you're just a consultant. And Henry says, oh yeah? Well, I know what happened to your neighbor's squirrels. And they all leave. <laughs> Lassie says, carry on. <laughs> Gus and Lassiter are in the conference room that we've seen many times before. And Gus closes the blinds. And Lassiter's like, what are you doing? Gus. Well, Gus wants Lassie to tap to clear his head. Oh, they do a whole tap, tap dance talky thing. And like after a minute, Lassie goes, wait. The car that Desiree was found in was registered to Ben. They shared it. So whose car did he drive off in? Maybe it was a loan. 
Last year said, no, a rental. I'll have Buzz check all the rental companies. And then Gus says, nice, what? And there's a failed fist bump here while they're still tapping. They just sort of like missed hands. But Gus missed one set of blinds and Sean and Juliet are watching them. When they come out, they go, oh, you've been taking a tap class together. What's next? Singing into hairbrushes? Beachside Pilates? Quick, Jules, chime in while I think of an- another. Uh, yeah, what's next, bridge? Thanks for killing the bit. <laughs> Gus and Lassie say, oh yeah, well, at least we have a new lead. They're like finishing each other's sentences. And uh, Sean is like, oh, well, okay, fine. Well, we can do because... We have a place to go look for somebody, and Juliet said... Actually, we have more of us. Hamburger. Why would you go to Hamburger? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the fun fact here said that... um, And you can hear it when when Juliet's talking, um, but Maggie starts to break character, and then Sean... Like, like, um... Verde starts to break character as well, but they just left it in because it made sense for they them. They didn't, like, break, break, but she, like, almost laughed, and he started to <laughs> smile. <laughs> Go to hamburger. <laughs> so. Uh, Lassiter and Gus are out, but Juliet and Sean head back to the lab to see what's going on. Yeah, we need to find out how Ben was involved, says Juliet, but we don't have a warrant. And Sean says, Jules, don't be Canada. Let me handle this. We get a cute little girl uh, who I call for quite a while, cute little lab girl. Oh, I just call her lady. (laughs) Okay. Um, She and Sean start like flirting a lot. And Sean said that they are there to join a study. Um, Actually, he said he wants to sell his body to science. And she says, I'd like to make the first bid. (laughs) And he says, is this a silent auction? (laughs) Juliet hits him. So then he's like, what? She started it. Actually, okay, we would like to sign up as guinea pigs for science for money. The only one they have right now only sells $25, only goes for $25 and um, only for women. Well, because Sean says, I'll do it. And she goes, sorry. <laughs> and then he says, she'll do it. And Jules is like, will I? In an aside, Sean says to Juliet, your negativity is clogging up all my psychic signals. I need you to distract her for a little while while I can get my vibes back. Juliet says, how? And Sean says, well, Gus would turn into Smooth Gus and try to pick her up. Juliet does not want to do that. Sean says, why? Are you scared or are you not scared? And that makes you scared. (laughs) She comes back in. Juliet takes her away to give Sean a moment to go snooping through the office. Yeah, they have to do, like, intake forms or something. So then, um, she, she... The first thing Sean does is look over the desk, and he sees... A little tiny pineapple on the desk. Yeah. I didn't see that. (laughs) But I'm glad you found it. (laughs) Um... I just wrote snoop mode, and then he goes to Ben's desk, and he snoops on his computer, and he finds some emails. And there's one from the day after they pointed to time of death for Desiree. That was him ordering flowers that said, I'm an idiot, I'm sorry, can we please talk about this? And no, and then 
a couple days later after she'd been found, a really recent purchase of flowers addressed to Ruth Blake with condolences. So, like, we're assuming that's a family member of Desiree Blake. Juliet comes back in and, oh no, she's taking all of the medications on the list that would defer her from the study. Oh well, we tried. And Sean says, Oh, if you ever discover a drug that makes me strong as an ox, but only when fighting another ox, please let me know. Oh, the the lady, we do find out her name is Tanya. Mm-hmm. And she got her start on the Disney Channel in a little movie with Katherine Heigl where they swap bodies and their sisters. And I can't remember <gasps> what the movie is. I know exactly what you're talking about. I want to say make a wish, but wish I know upon that's not a what star? it's called. That's it. Um, let me see. Okay. Her name is Danielle Harris. Tanya. I know her from Full House. Oh. She played one of... Um, the classmates. She played one of the mean girls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yes, Wish, Wish Upon a Star. That is a movie that I loved as a child. Now I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> so... Um, Lassiter and uh, Gus are at the car rental place. And Lassiter is 100% sure that Ben is guilty. Yeah, Gus is like, are you sure? And Lassiter is 100, because Gus ain't so sure. We can tell. Um, the little car clerk, we didn't catch his name. He says, um, Ben Stevens' car was due back yesterday, but they've had no word about it. Do you think he stole it? I don't have Lassiter's line here, oh. if you want, if you do. Your chances of seeing that car again are about as uh, likely as this job turning into a viable career for you. Something like that. I knew there was a line. I just didn't know what it was. The car has a low jack and um, the clerk goes to get the uh, ID and Lassiter starts hypothesizing and is like, okay, they were common law married and uh, she's going to take him for everything he's worth. And so she had to, he had to kill her to get rid of her so that everything would be okay again. Hmm. Gus said, who gets his girlfriend for fertility pills then murders her? Oh, grow up, Guster. People have sex, and then they kill each other. That is the real world. It's not all this, like, feelings place. Let's go get our warrant. They are going to... <laughs> they're going to find the car. They're going to get the warrant. But uh, Gus would like to eat first. Oh, we can eat on the way. I've got an ashtray full of sunflower seeds. So I just want to say here that um, some states do not recognize common law marriage. Like Lassie. West Virginia is one of them. Right. Um... So is California. <laughs> is it really? It is. <laughs> um, that is in the goofs for this uh, episode. But in states that do recognize common law marriage, um, we should say right here that most of them take about seven years of like cohabitation and like steady like living together in relationship for it to be a common law marriage recognized. But uh, California does have a shared property law, so like you, you can't divorce in that state and not split your property evenly, essentially. And even even dating because they were cohabitating, it would still require the shared split. Nope. 
No, it's just for marriages. Really? It's just for, yeah. So, I mean, the goof is that Lassie's theory never holds water, even though at this point, his in the show, if <laughs> common law exists, then if they had been together for seven years, it would be like a common law divorce, in which case it would be an equal split of property. Mm-hmm. So that's what okay. Lassie thinks is going on. Sean and Juliet decide to take a different route, and they go to see Mrs. Bl- or Miss Blake, who is the mother of Desiree. Jules starts off by saying that she is like very sorry for her loss, and um, Miss Blake makes it clear that if she had any idea where Ben was, she would give him up in less than half a heartbeat. There was some obvious animosity there, and they ask why, and she discloses that he cheated uh, right before Desiree died. Oh. She says he was a cheating bastard and they had a really big throwdown fight right the day before, no, right before um, she disappeared. Um, So she was missing for a while before her body was found, it sounds like. She has put out lemonade and cookies for Juliet, if you will, and uh, Sean takes all of them. Yeah, first he steals half of them and puts them in his pocket and Jules is like, dude. And then he psychs out... um, for the benefit of Mrs. Blake, and he says, I'm sensing that Ben was very remorseful for his misdeeds, and when's the last time you saw him, is the next question. He came by right after she was pronounced dead to give her condolences, but she promptly kicked him out because I'm not sure he's not the reason she's dead. Oh yeah, she's heavy sus. So then Sean steals the rest of the cookies and they leave, and um... Jules, You'll thank me later. Jules says, yeah, Ben's looking pretty guilty from where I sit. And Sean is like, what? Why on earth would you send flowers, one, to a woman you already knew was dead, and two, to her grieving mother? Like... A crafty killer, that's who. So she wants to go back to SBPD and puzzle this all out, and um, Sean... Because that's where she has her graph paper and colored pencils. <laughs> Sean! I have never connected to Juliet more than in that I That's where I went, maybe Juliet is kind of a female Gus, but to like an extreme degree. Um, But Sean has recommended they go to Jamba Juice instead, because he and Gus are in lockstep. It is time to feed the beast, and these cops don't know what it means to properly partake of delicious flavor. Juliet said, no, we need to go back there where we can make our graphs and extrapolate all of the information. Extrapolate? That does not sound fun. Whoever said that work was supposed to be fun? Ron Jeremy, for starters. Tell you what, you go, I'll catch up to you in about a half an hour. So we should just say Ron Jeremy is a very famous porn actor um, from like old school, like 70s porn. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so not, not, not the um, not recent. glossy... Um, high production quality type that you if you partake might have seen this was like gritty <laughs> 70s porn <laughs> sean ends up at the or no we end up at the timberland motel where we see gus kind of snooping around and there's sean and he does like the psych hand to head but he's still just tracking gus with his phone Uh, he told, Gus told Sean that he snuck away while Lassie was working on a warrant, and Sean infers that they both believe that Ben is innocent. Yeah, and also, 
Gus is at the motel because last he already had the low jack, but he couldn't act on it without the warrant because bureaucratic red tape. Um, yes, Ben innocent, and well, as long as we're both here, we might as well do it together. Fist bump, and then Ben walks out of his hotel room, and they're like. Hey, Ben! And then he runs. And then they catch him trying to go over a fence. It's so funny, the physical comedy at this part. They're just, like, dragging him back over the fence by his legs. <laughs> I did have a moment where I was like, innocent men don't run. And I know that's not true on so many levels. But Ben says he's innocent. I don't... I... <sighs> I, I understand why some people run. Like, some people have other extenuating circumstances and they know that like it, the system's not going to treat them fairly i don't understand why ben runs like either time like he smashed yeah. through a whole garage door in a rental vehicle like this man his man is wilding out sean introduces gus uh introduces himself and then says this is my partner santonio holmes so this, unlike a lot of his nonsense names, is an actual person who would have been very famous at the time because um, Santonio Holmes was a football player. And oh, yes. And uh, hold on. I have the full thing. Meh, meh, meh. Um, former NFL wide receiver. He was at the time of this episode, somewhat of a household name after his Super Bowl MB. Blah, blah, blah after his Super Bowl MVP winning performance as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. What? There we go. <laughs> ben is is still, I'm innocent. I want to find out who did this just as much as everyone else. We've been living together since 2005. I love her. And Gus just turns around. <laughs> so, because Gus has been prompting this guy with like, when did you move in together? Um, oh, after we graduated. When did you graduate? 2005. So <laughs> Gus turns the opposite direction to speak into Sean's ear and not have to be faced directly towards Ben. And then Ben walks around them so that he can see Gus's face. And they just both turn around. So Sean's the only one facing Ben again. It's the weirdest like blocking ever and it's so funny it's like zany yeah vibes. no <laughs> yeah it's perfect uh gus said listen 2005 means that they've only been living together for five years common law marriage would be seven years lassiter's uh lassiter's story doesn't fly although sean believes that it's only been three years and he should really start carrying a pocket calendar so Gus actually asks him, like, why would you run if you didn't do this and you're not connected? And Ben was like, well, Desiree's mom all but accused me. So I thought she literally called the cops on me and I fully panicked. Sean's like, dude, it's a very bad idea that you are hiding. We need to get you down to the police and tell your side of the story. And Sean guarantees that they'll believe him. And then we hear, freeze, you murderous dirtbag. Ish. I can guarantee ish. Jules and Lassie have arrived. Okay. Guns drawn. Uh, ish. Ish. Uh, this is another uh, another moment, uh, another pivotal moment of my development as a human being. I believe that this is when I started using ish as a descriptive. Like someone would say something and I'd be like, oh, um, I'll see you there at noon-ish. I will... Um, 
I'll bake it for like 20 minutes-ish. I enjoy using ish as a descriptive, and I believe that this is what started it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big, like, parenthetical speaker, ellipsisical <laughs> speaker, um, ish, dash. Like, I, mm-hmm. that's just, it makes sense. Vague language makes more sense in a lot of contexts. I don't know if I can pinpoint when I started doing it, but it's kind of like the phrase meat sweats. Like, nobody can pinpoint that. So we've just assumed that it came from friends. Because that's the, be- <laughs> that's the best marker of time we've got. <laughs> so I'll go I for think it. That this, I think this was my development. I don't believe that this is the world's development. Well, but I, I do believe this is when I started picking it up. Because this is such an amazing episode. At the SBPD, Ben is being taken away. And he screams for them to help and calls Gus Santonio. Sean? Santonio? Can I at least get my phone call? Lassie asks why he was running from the police if he's so innocent. Yeah, he's like, so what? Your motive's completely busted, and I have no working theory as to why you would murder your girlfriend. Like, guilty people are the only ones who run. Like, it's so stupid. Come on. Sean has a hunch that he is innocent, but Lassiter says, we don't deal in hunches. We? I'm sorry, Sean. It's over, says Juliet. She has a whole list of what partners don't do. I did not write this down. Did you get these? It ended with, partners don't go through my purse, find my phone, and text every guy in my address book a picture of my dog with the caption, this is you. (laughs) Yeah, Lassie says, partners support each other's theories. And Gus is like, no, absolutely never. Never do we support each other's theories. And we're always lying, and we're always running... And Sean goes, yeah, I miss that. Because it's like, me too. Me too. <laughs> Fist bump. So Sean is like, well, they, we're still on the case. They end up switching sides. And and Sean is now standing next to Gus. And Lassiter is now standing next to Juliet, as it should be. Yeah. But Gus is hungry. As is Sean. He has not eaten in two hours. And then they both say, hamburgers. hamburgers. <laughs> um, and then we'll try and free Ben. And then Jappa dogs. So we can sit here and it does come up again. Jappa dogs are a real thing. There are real Jappa dog carts, but they are in Vancouver where this show was filmed, not where it takes place. (laughs) Lassiter is very happy to have Juliet back on his side. And Juliet said, I'm very sorry that you had to take on extra case, an extra caseload while I was gone. Well, it's your extra caseload now. To Woody. <laughs> so we've got Woody and Desiree is on the slab. Sean is like. Sean welcomes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, we were. Oh, Sean welcomes with Woodrow, my good man. <laughs> um, I forget what he says before this, but then he goes, in your professional opinion, how is it that I die? Murder. Gangland style execution. We never find your head. It's a shame. And then Gus just raises his hands and Woody says, you slip in the tub. (laughs) There's another line that I love earlier where uh, Sean said, like, I'm happy that I'm not being rolled in here on a gurney. And Woody goes, although I'd be honored to saw through your chest and remove your good natured heart from its cavity. (laughs) I love, though, that... um, when they ask Woody, how do I die? He does not miss a beat. 
I mean, if that was your job and your friends appreciated your weirdness, would you not think about it quite a bit? (laughs) I see dead people all the time. How did this guy die? How did that guy die? How would my friend die? There is a weird mark on her ankle, and Woody believes that it could be freezer burn. Freezer burn? Gus says it was 70 degree water she was found in. There's also some weirdness because he found no sign of a struggle, and that is not normal for a drowning victim. Yeah, no bruises, nothing. Like, if she had, if she had, like, a, like, an injury on her head where she had, like, you know, maybe swerved to hit something and, like, her head hit the window because it wasn't up to, you know, code for crash test and and she was like knocked out cold that would make sense but she would still have an injury she's got nothing there's nothing to explain why she would Uh have been like incapacitated and also drowning sean and gus are like hmm and they thank woody and leave and then they run into lillian the lab lillian thank you i just have lab partner here and i forgot her name they run into lillian and um I assumed that she was his call whenever he had his right to make a call that he was screaming about earlier. I don't know how true that is, though. Um, But basically, they're like, hey, we also think he's innocent, but we need some proof to get him out. Um, She's like, how about this? And she holds up what's obviously like a log. And then uh, we walk into, it's, it's John and Gus walking in to see Lassiter and Juliet. I don't have a lot for this scene. I know that you. Oh, I've got the whole line. Yeah. I, I, I just wrote so many quotes. Gus was like, oh, um, did you know that when a lab tech enters Ben's lab, they have to have a they have to swipe a security card to gain entrance. And then Sean said, I wish there was some kind of record of exactly what time he entered and ex- exited on the day of the murder. Some kind of log or registry. Ledger? Duck it? Duck it. I've heard I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so they show the log to Jules and Lassiter and Jules says, this says Ben was literally at work working at the time of her death. Now we revel. Alien style. And then they do this like screeching <laughs> as they like slowly move toward a fist bump. And Henry walks up and he's like, congratulations. There's still a killer out there. Get back to work. At the psych office, Sean and Gus are eating the Jappa dogs. And Gus admits that he almost took Lassie to a Jappa dog stand, but he couldn't. It felt like cheating. And then Sean has this, like, memory of when um, when Desiree's mom said that Ben had been cheating and that they'd had a big fight. But they don't know who he was cheating with. And Gus says, ooh, that would be someone's good motive. Bingo. How come you're allowed to say bingo and I'm not? Same reason I'm allowed to say true that. True that? Exactly. <laughs> They're off to get the information from Ben. So. As they pull, pull up to the house. He lives right near a beach, right? And so they pull up and they run over to where there's clearly a crime scene at the nearby beach. And we see Buzz again. And they're like, dude, what's up? Apparently they're pulling a. Buzz said. Yeah. Buzz said they're pulling out a dead surfer um, from the water. And when they walk over, it's Ben, and he dead. <laughs> and Sean just keeps going, Ben! Ben! 
And Gus is like, dude, he's already dead. Like, he cannot hear you. They go back to see Woody, and once again, there is no sign of a struggle, but there is fluid in his lungs, just like with the Desiree's murder. Okay, Woody says, this is too much, you guys. Like, it's one thing to, to have somebody who died mysteriously drowning and there's no sign of struggle, but two, in one week, and they know each other? The only thing that could be better than this is if it happened a third time. <laughs> Gus is like, wait, so they dry drowned. Sean believes that Gus is making that up. No, no, Woody says he's right. So that can happen when you're exposed to too much methane gas, like a leak, or you get an overdose of anesthesia. And then Sean remembers the cute tech lady Tanya. telling Ju- Tanya, telling Juliet that she was going to have to go under anesthesia as part of the study. So they go back to the lab, and Sean just points to Woody and he goes, you, that you. might be where I got that. Because I do that a lot. I have pictures of me doing that to Jamie during a 5K. Like, she's just taking pictures of me and I'm just, like, pointing. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we go back to the lab. Sean, Gus, Lassiter, Juliet. All at the lab and they are there to get a confession. Um, Lassie's like, okay, cool. We're here. Now what? And so... Sean is like, we need you, you need us, we need to work together. Watch it. Feel it. I refuse to watch it. But you bet your ass I'm going to feel it. (laughs) They go up to Tanya, and Sean starts introducing, these are the cops, this is Dion Richmond, I'm a psychic. I see and I feel things. And Tanya says, you want to feel what you see? Juliet goes, do you have no shame? Sean tells Gus, I cannot lose with this girl. <laughs> Sean is like, uh, no, I do not want to associate with a cold-blooded killer. She is the one who had the affair with Ben. Um, guilty as charged? Boom shaka. Cover, lassie. Um, Gus says, that must be a new record. And they fist bump. And Tanya's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not like he died while we were doing it. They try to blame her, and she's like, you wanted him all for yourself. She says, he loved his girlfriend. No, I didn't. We hooked up once, and he freaked out. And then she admits that he loved his girlfriend. She's like, you live, you learn, it's whatever. Sean said, but you had all the access to all the anesthesia that dry drowned him. Uh, no, I'm a part-time assistant. I don't get to go near any of that stuff. My badge gets me through the front door and to the bathroom. And then she said, you'd have to go to DeVry or something to do that. The DeVry Institute? Yeah. It it was just a weird shout out. I guess that's fancy education. And so you'd be doing experiments if you got that kind of education. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I'm just confused why the show chose to use that. I mean, like Harvard is... They, they weren't like, you'd have to go to Harvard or something like that. Yeah. They're different. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Um, and then Sean sees Ben's partner, Lillian. Um, right here, I want to pause. Lauren Lee Smith, who plays Lillian, she played a detective on a show called The Listener, where the consultant on that show actually does have psychic abilities, and it manifests so that they can hear other people's thoughts. <laughs> that's legit <laughs> it's not another fake psychic so it's we're fine with it we're fine 
John starts thinking about Lillian and he walks up to her and is like, you're the one, she's the one who's been protecting him all this time. And then he sees the freezer and screams, I'm calling it audible. Yeah. I'm feeling some jealous, spiteful, the energy, the vibe. It's right here. Yes. Right here. Yes. You, you, Lillian. Lassie is very confused. Am I cuffing Charlotte the harlot or what? Oh, no. Sorry. Um, you and I, looking at Tanya, you and I are back on. Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny line. He said Lillian was the killer. She wanted Ben all for herself. That's ridiculous. And then Juliet remembers that he had called her a great boy. He had called Ben a great boyfriend and had showed up even before they had finished processing him. Yeah. Sean is like, come on, of course you fell for him. You were partners and you cared about him and you talked all the time. And Lassie's like, but Ben just talked about you like you were his coworker. I was more than a co-worker. I cared for him. Everyone knew that Ben and Desiree were getting married. Sean psychs out and he's like, Ben made a mistake and he cheated. So she moved out and you saw your opportunity. Lassiter said, how did I miss this? And starts tap dancing again. <laughs> and, um, da, da, da. oh, Sean's like, I don't know that we have time for your Savion Glover, like, routine. Gus stops him and is like, listen, just let Lassie work it out. Keep going. He doesn't say any of that, but it's very obvious that Gus is just like, just, just keep going. Um, Savion Glover also was in the tap company that Gus and the choreographer of this episode we're in. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I did not know that. That's sweet. <laughs> All right. So Sean says, even after the cheating, Desiree was Ben's love, the one he pined for. So you knew you had to get rid of her for good. Um, you lured her here. You dry drowned her. Oh, keep, yeah, you're, you got better than me. Right. Go ahead. So you lured her here, and you anesthesia murdered her, and you caused her to dry drown. I taught him that. Everyone already knows. <laughs> that was Gus and Juliet in a beautiful, beautiful aside. <laughs> um, oh, ooh, Sean gets kind of mean here. He's like, you were so delusional that you thought he'd actually be okay, even touched by you, like, bumping off his girlfriend. But of course he didn't, because you're a murderous dry drowner. And you realized it was either you or him. And Lassie finally stops tapping, and he goes, and you chose you! <laughs> nice, Lassie. Way to tap your way back into the party. <laughs> Jules says, um... The secondary evidence of the, the meds in, in their system will track the anesthesia back to your lab. And then Lillian said, he should have been with me. This is all her fault. And Is she talking? I can't yeah. tell if she's blaming Tanya or... Desiree. I yeah, don't know. We don't know. This girl's cray-cray. She's blaming everybody. She's kind of like a female incel. It's really like he owed her himself. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it was very, very weird. So Jules is like, okay, way to go. There's one, one thing that we didn't address and I'm, I just feel the need to address it because we talked about it. That weird, um, um, burn, like, like ice burn frostbite oh, mark that we saw yeah. was actually by a piece of dry ice that she put on the accelerator to make it drive into the river. 
And then there's this whole back and forth about how dry ice is not normal ice and blah, 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 blah. It's a whole thing. Watch the episode. Yeah, yeah. It was basically something had to hold down the gas pedal to take the car into the water. And she used dry ice because once it dissipated, which it does as carbon dioxide and not just regular water melting. Either way, the evidence was destroyed. So, blah. Very, very smart move on a murderer's part, I will say. Yeah, it's like that whole ice bullet theory. As they are arresting, um, Sean said, well played, everyone. Way to roll with the punches. Um, He said something about psychically you never really can tell which way they're going to come and go. And it felt like a a Culture Club reference, but it was just a little bit weird. Yeah, because Gus made this face, like, (laughs) psychically speaking. I, I don't know. The last scene, though. We're at a little, it's like a community theater vibe Mm -hmm. and it's obviously a dance recital and sean is like and in come sean and juliet and sean is like oh thank you for meeting me i hope this goes better than the last couple of days and juliet said that they were horrific so we hear this like really cool funky groove and then it turns into this full-out hip-hop song and the tap teacher from earlier um is up on stage and he's tapping and he looks really cool and then all of a sudden gus throws himself up on stage and then they're dancing in unison and then they're taking turns and i i don't remember anything except my jaw being on the floor and it it's it's amazing both sean and juliet are shocked that gus has so much talent and at one point like gus gets tired and I don't know if it was part of the bit or if they were trying to just show that like the, the tap teacher was um, the tap teacher was like obviously the master in this situation. But nonetheless, it was all part of it. It was, it was beautiful. There was dancing when they were finally Sean done. Is so proud. Everyone applauds. <laughs> Sean stands up and screams, that's my partner up there. And, and then he says, the black one. And Jules goes, they were both black. <laughs> <laughs> The curtain opens on Lassiter, and he's wearing this hat. And a suit. He looks like he's from Singing in the Rain, like fully. (laughs) And we can tell that he's tapping to the music, and the camera pans out to see him covered, or or surrounded by, what, 10-year-old children? Yeah, yeah, little kids. It's all so cute, and he's doing so good, and then all of a sudden he stops and he goes, I know who the West Side's rapist is. And the kids are, like, freaked out. But then he goes... Come on, kids. Freestyle. Two, three, four. And then they all just tap some more. (laughs) Right before he starts telling the kids to freestyle, Juliet goes, and that's my partner. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. And we did that scene so quickly, but it's, it's one of the longest scenes in the episode because we see the full dance number and it's so beautiful. Like, it's so much fun. You can just tell how much, like, Dulé is enjoying dancing. You can tell how much um, Timothy is enjoying, like, dancing and getting it. Because he is a legitimate dancer. Amundsen? Yeah. Oh. Like, we've referred to um, The Luck of the Irish. Is that what the movie is before? Yeah, yeah, where he does a lot of step dancing. I figured he had, like, a stand-in for a lot of that, though. Well, I, I mean, there were definitely points when he was dancing some, um, and there were definitely points in this episode where he was dancing some. So he's, I mean, he has, he has the skill to learn for sure. And it's, 
I mean, I know that he sings because he was on Galavant and and they all did their own singing on that show. And I know, like, Mm -hmm. I regard him as, like, a serious thespian um, in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, just like Dulé Hill. Just, like, they're very, like, learned and trained, like, people in their crafts and, like, they're multifaceted. So, like, I would not be shocked. Um, I'm going to look up the look of the Irish and see if it's a fun fact. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely this is definitely just a fun episode where we get to see a change of dynamics between like our four main characters in just who they're interacting with and how they're interacting with themselves. And then I love the I love the moment where the physical switch happens where they go back to who they were meant to be with all along. Um I also love the not so subtle uh, I'm going to use the word hitting on Juliet that Sean does, even though he's also hitting on Tanya throughout the entire episode. Well, Ta- but he's, he's just being kind of his flirty self, and Tanya's flirting super hard at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, it's a good, it's a good moment. Everything about this episode is like legit. And then I noticed what the next episode that was coming on was, and I got super pumped because I love that episode too. Like, so far, season five has been like a rocket. Uh, everything about it, I've been enjoying. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't remember all the things that, like, I get the next last seasons like all mixed up in in like what comes first and what guest stars we're gonna mm-hmm. see this season versus next and the next. But I just know that we're in for so many treats, and I I cannot wait. Yes, we are up for a really big guest star next episode. At least really big for anyone who like for millennials. <laughs> Anyone who grew up as we did. I like Sean and Gus. Yes, yes. Oh, God. It's going to be good. Any any good news for that? Um, he, I mean, he, acting was his main focus, but he went to uh, study at different, like, uh, theater groups, Seattle's Children's Theater, and interned at theaters throughout school, so I'm sure he got a lot of exposure to a lot of different things. He, honestly, Bachelor of Fine Arts and Theater, so I'm sure, I'm sure it was multifaceted, but it doesn't, like, call out anything specifically. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm still giving him credit. I feel the need to. He's a cool guy. Yeah, very cool. What else do we need to talk about today? Um, we didn't get any chief. You're right, we didn't. But we did get Henry kind of acting like like chief, and that was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> that that's he was a fun stand-in because like nobody wants to recognize his authority, but he has seniority and authority over anyone because he's the dad. Like, <laughs> right? He's a dad. He's a former officer. Like, and he he he's Henry. Like, he just has that presence about him. Um, it it makes a difference. It does. I don't know. I, I, I just enjoy yeah. it. Okay. Well, I'm Alexis. Nothing shuts my pie hole but pie. Both true of Sean and of me. (laughs) And I'm Kaylee. There will be plenty of other females who die horrific deaths, and you can investigate all of them. And this has been... To To the the Blueberry! Psych out. (laughs) 